If you have your Bibles and you want to look along, open up to the book of Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to read just a few verses of Scripture from Matthew 1 and Matthew 2 today. I want to share for just a few moments on this thought, discovering a miracle in your mess. Discovering the miracle in your mess today. I'm going to take it from the Christmas story, Matthew 1, starting with verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to put her as a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Matthew 2 verse 1, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship Him. Christmas is associated with so many wonderful things with the lights and the trees and the beautiful colors and decorations with the carols and with the songs and with the sounds with food, with family, with gatherings. And one thing in particular that sticks out at Christmas to me is the nativity scene. These nativity scenes that you see, and most of you probably have one in your home, look all pretty and nice and perfect, and cozy and comfortable. Baby Jesus has a smile on his face. Mary and Joseph are looking at each other like, wow, and they're nicely dressed, and the shepherds are looking around, uh, looking at baby Jesus. All the camels and the cows and the animals are, are looking nice. and Everything just seems so perfect in the nativity scene. But the fact is concerning the miraculous birth of Jesus is that it was not a perfect and pretty scene like we want to imagine it to be. We sometimes can do ourselves an injustice by thinking that everything was flawless with this miraculous event. We think that everybody was just happy. And can I tell you that? We're the world's worst sometimes. We can look around this room today and put on a smile and just think that our families are perfect and there's never any drama and never any problems going on. But how many knows? Come on now. Get real. Everything was not perfect. If you read the story of Christmas, you'll soon discover that there was a political mess that was taking place during this time when Jesus was born. 
It was a political mess. You had the Jewish state who was subject to the Roman Empire. You had a king, an evil king by the name of Herod. You had people who were fed up with the government, people that were tired of being slaves. It was just an absolute mess, a political chaos. It was ugly. It was nasty. There was no patriotism then. There was no national pride. There was instability. There was turbulence in the land of the people of God during the time of Jesus Christ's birth. And I don't have to tell you today, our nation right now is in an absolute political mess. They can't get it together in Washington, D.C. They can't come, they can't make any kind of decisions. Come on, somebody. There's no unity. It's a mess, absolute mess. It was a mess when Jesus was born. Number two, it was not just a political mess when Jesus was born. There was also a spiritual problem going on in the land. There was a spiritual mess. And I've come to tell you, we've got a spiritual mess going on too. During the Bible days, during the birth of Jesus, there were problems. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Herodians who had had succeeded at making people slaves, they had led them to the place to where they had become bound up spiritually in religion. They had an ugly religious spirit and these people were supposed to be teachers. They were supposed to be examples. They were supposed to be the ones pointing the way to the Messiah, but they had become so full of carnality. They had become so full of condemnation. They wanted to run their mouth about people, put them down and you got to do it exactly this way and they had a spiritual mess. We've got a spiritual mess today. People don't want to submit to the Lord. Morals are on the decay. The church don't want to stand for anything. Lukewarmness has infiltrated sanctuaries. Come on, somebody. I know it's Christmas and I know you want to just want me to preach a little light-hearted sermon and let's get out of here, but I prayed this morning, that's not what I want today. I need God to move in this place. It'd be all right with me if revival broke out during the middle of Christmas holidays around here. That's why he came, praise God. Not for me to preach a pretty little sermon and go home today. There there was an absolute political mess during his birth. There was a spiritual mess. The Bible says there's also a a relationship type mess. Amen? Mary and Joseph almost got a divorce. Why do you say that, Pastor? The Bible says Joseph looked for a way to put her away secretly. That's the King James Version way of Joseph trying to divorce and separate from her. And why would he do this? Because she came in one day and said, I'm pregnant. Joseph said, you're pregnant? By who are you pregnant? See, Joseph and Mary had not even been together yet. Understand, it was the Holy Ghost that had impregnated her, but you got Joseph not wanting to believe her, and there go the trust issues automatically in the relationship. So their relationship starts out with, with, with stress, causing a relationship mess. And there are people today, their relationships are on the brink of crumbling. Their relation, I'm not just talking about husband and wife, girlfriend, boyfriend. I'm talking about families who've got drama and families who have strife in their homes. Their relationships are a mess. Come on. And some of them, listen, I'll tell you one problem that is, is because some people don't know how to zip it. Yeah. 
You know, I get people, I'm, I'm going to get on my soapbox today. I had people tell me God just made me the way I am and I'm going to speak my mind, whatever comes from to my mind, I'm just going to blurt it out. That's not the way. The Bible says if you're saved and born again and the Spirit of God is living in you, you ought to have some fruits of the Spirit that manifest. And last time I checked, hatred and gossip and murmuring and being ugly to people is not a fruit of the Spirit. So you better check yourself if that's coming out. Fruits of the Spirit are kindness and gentleness and meekness, long-suffering, temperance, self-control. And because we don't have the fruits of the Spirit operating in us, then we get ourselves in relationship messes. Come on, pastor, preach it today. Trying to help us today. (laughs) They had a relationship mess. Not only did they have political, spiritual, relationship problems, but even when Jesus was born, there was a financial mess going on. Mary and Joseph were broke. Mary and Joseph had, listen, they couldn't find a place to stay because all the hotels were full. And you know good and well, if you've got enough money, if you've got enough silver, you can find somewhere to stay. You can find somebody that's going to find you if you get money talks. And they had no financial strength. He was just a carpenter. Come on. She was just a peasant girl. And you would think if God was going to borrow Mary's body to birth his son, he would put them up in a fancy place and give them the best and the finest of things, not in some cow stall. What a mess. There's people today. God is using them. God has anointed them, but they're in a mess. It's not, it's not tulips. It's not roses. It doesn't smell good. It's not nice. It's an absolute mess. And sometimes God will allow you to get in the mess and get behind on this and get in a tight spot because God will create a mess to make you develop and make you stronger and make you lean more on Him. And Come, come on, we get cooled off and we back up and sometimes we'll get in a place where God says, I'm going to get you in a spot to where all you can do is lean on me and, and pray and get back in this Word. Ooh, I feel like I need to right here. Listen, <laughs> we, we rebuke devils and we'll rebuke demons. And, and I'm, I'm all for blaming the devil on everything I can. But sometimes we need to look in the mirror and rebuke our own selves. Amen. <laughs> Y'all don't want me to preach this this morning, I'm telling you. <laughs> it, it wasn't the devil that made you drink that Budweiser last night. It, it wasn't the devil that made you smoke that joint. It wasn't the devil that made you to go into debt and make that purchase that you knew you shouldn't have done. It wasn't the devil that made you have an affair. Get your own self under control. Rebuke your own self sometimes. I have to. You want God to bless you? Obey this. 
What are you talking about waiting on victory sometimes? You, you, you already have the victory. You're not waiting. You're working from it. Rebuke the devil. Rebuke yourself. Keep yourself in line. Life is full of messes. And I know everybody looks like everything's good and you're smiling, got pretty clothes, but truth be known, there's some relationship messes, there's some financial messes, there's some spiritual messes going on, and it was happening even when Jesus Christ was born. Everywhere we look, there's a mess. And just because you're blessed, it doesn't exempt you from being in a mess. You can be blessed and still have a mess on your hands. Now look at Mary and Joseph. They're in a, they've got a political mess. They've got a relationship mess. They've got a financial mess going on. And I think part of the problem is we, we, have think, that we, we think that we don't need God anymore. We, we, we don't think we need Him. We, we've got this and we've got that. And, and we can look on YouTube and Google for our answers. And we can run over here and we can depend on the government to bail us out if we get into trouble or mama and daddy or, or somebody. We don't depend on God. And the church has gotten into trouble because we don't depend on God like we used to. I came up under uh, teaching and anointing and parents and training where look, there were times we didn't have something and we didn't know how we were going to pay the bill when it come in. Do you know what we did? We fell on our knees and we cried out to God for a miracle and God would work that out some way. There were times when we'd wake up in the night sick, running a fever and couldn't run like we can today to Walmart or Walgreens and buy some Tylenol and we rebuked the fever and called on the Lord. We laid hands on the sick and they recovered. I'm telling you, it's time that we get dependent on God again like it depend, depend on it for our life. Hallelujah. The Bible said that in the middle of all these messes came the miracle. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. And I come to preach to somebody today and declare you may be in a mess, but there is a miracle right in the middle of the mess. It's actually in the mess you're in. The thing that you think is about to destroy you is actually about to catapult you to the next level in your life. The mess and the scandal that Mary had to go through catapulted her to a place of honor. And blessing. And the thing that's got somebody watching today or in this room so worried right now, thinking it's going to take you out, hear me, that is the thing God is going to use to advance you. Last time I checked, we don't serve some weak, anemic, impotent God. God is not out of miracle working power. The same God that filled Mary's womb is the same God who's working on our behalf. And at some point you need to believe there is still a miracle in the making even if you're in the middle of chaos, even if you're in the middle of a mess right now. Oh, hallelujah. So what happens in the mess? God sends a baby. What's the answer for the problem? What's the answer for the mess? A child. Unto us is born a child. A son is given in the middle of all the political drama, in the middle of all the relationship stress, in the middle of all the financial problems, in the middle of all the spiritual chaos. What is the answer? God sends a baby. 
For the political mess, Herod thinks he's king and he's dominant and he's all this and he's all that. But on the backside of Bethlehem, one day the real king shows up in the womb of a virgin named Mary. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I've come to declare today, my king is not on Pennsylvania Avenue. My king is not in New York or Florida today. My king is not over in England. My king was born over 2,000 years ago and Isaiah the prophet said his name shall be called a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. I've come today to declare and preach Buddha can't save you, Allah can't save you, Muhammad can't save you, but I know a man who can and his name is still Jesus. His name is higher than any other name. Somebody give his name praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey! God's given him a name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and tongue confess. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is the answer for our political mess today? Amen. It's certainly not a Democrat or a Republican. They've tried and can't get it together. It's certainly not the elephant or the donkey. But it's Jesus, the Lamb of God. <laughs> Do you still believe He's the answer for this political mess? He's still the answer for our nation? I do. Not only would, he, not only would Jesus come along and heal the political mess, but he would come along at that time and heal the spiritual mess. God would put a baby in a manger and then he'd grow up and a 12-year-old boy would go to the temple who would confound the wise. They were blown away by the things that was coming out of his mouth, the truths in the Word of God. And I'm sure they thought, who do you think you are, a 12-year-old coming in and talking like that? Who do you think you are coming in? We're, we're, we've been in this a long time. We've been serving God a long time. We've studied the scrolls and the scriptures. We know the prophecies up and down, back and forth. Who do you think you are, little 12-year-old boy? And I like to think it like this. I like to think he would have said, well, if you really want to know, on my mama's side, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. But on my daddy's side, I'm the son of God and the son of man. <laughs> oh, Jesus, how old are are you today? Well, on my mama's side, I may just be 12 years old, but on my daddy's side, I'm still the alpha, I'm the omega, I'm the first and the last, I am the beginning and the end. Who do you think you are, Jesus? Say, hey. ah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, well, Jesus, you've been out here for a while. Don't you, aren't you hungry for some lunch? Well, on my mama's side, I get hungry at breakfast time. I get hungry at lunch time. I get hungry at dinner time. I get hungry at in-between times. But on my daddy's side, I am the bread of life, praise God. I'm the living water. And if you'll drink from me, you'll never thirst again. Who do you think you are, 12-year-old little boy? Jesus, Son of the living God. Who do you think you are? Who do you think he is? Who do you say he is today? 
I've come to tell you today the answer for political mess in our nation. The answer for the spiritual mess is Jesus. It's not a denomination. It is not a program. It is not, it is not personalities. It's not a man in a three-piece suit with a microphone in his hand. Jesus is still the answer. Mary and Joseph's relationship, he's the answer for relationship messes. Mary and Joseph was stressed. Joseph was trying to put her away privately. There were some trust issues. He's thinking, how did a woman I was planning to spend the rest of my life with do this to me? He was planning to end the marriage until God intervened. And he comes to Joseph in a dream. And he says, don't divorce her. What she's got on the inside of her has been conceived by the Holy Ghost. And Joseph changed his mind. Somebody today watching me and somebody perhaps in this room or somebody you know, your relationship is in a mess. God sent me here for you. Your relationship is stressed and you don't know what to do about it. Somebody's close to walking away. Your house is under attack and you feel the only way out is to run in separate directions. Hear me. But God sent me to tell you that in this relationship mess you're in, there is a miracle on the way. And Jesus was born during the time of a relationship mess. And He can put it all back together again. Not only... Did the miracle birth of Jesus heal a political mess? A spiritual mess? A relationship mess? But lastly, a financial mess would be healed as well. It started out rough. Mary and Joseph didn't have any money. Jesus wasn't born in some nice place. But in Matthew chapter 2, God sent wise men, leaders from the east. Understand, we always think they showed up at the manger, but the Bible says they showed up at the house they had went to after the manger. And by this time, he wasn't a tiny little baby anymore. The Bible called him a boy, which tells me they searched for him for months. We always hear there were three wise men because we associate it with three gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. But the history tells us that most of the time they traveled and came places, they traveled in packs of up to 70. 70 looking for a child, a poor family with a young boy. Can you imagine Mary and Joseph's reaction when 50, 60, 70 magi, wise men showed up knocking at their door, decked out in fine clothes with gold and jewels. What did Mary and Joseph do? They let them in. Who wouldn't? <laughs> Come on in. Make yourself at home. Look, when the blessing shows up at your door, you got to let it in. Let the blessing in the house. 
The Bible says they opened up their treasure. Do you know what the word treasure means here in the Greek? It's a word called coffin. It, not some little trinket box. But it's a big old thing loaded. You don't, you don't search for months and months for this baby and come by and say, we just came to check on you and toss you a couple of dollars or a treasure or a little trinket. Even though he was a baby, even though he had never preached his first sermon, even though he hadn't healed anybody yet, even though he hadn't opened blinded eyes and deaf ears yet, even though he hadn't raised Lazarus from the dead yet, even though he had not walked on water, fed the thousands, they knew that this child was more than just a little boy or a baby. They sensed, they knew they knew prophecy. They knew he would do something wonderful. They knew he was the counselor, prince of peace, and they opened up their treasure. This couple that started out broke with nothing. But if you get Jesus in the house, something's getting ready to come to your door. There's a miracle coming to somebody's financial mess. And the key is you got to have Jesus in the house. And if he's in the house, it'll come to the front door. Can you imagine me and Joseph and Mary and all of a sudden your living room is just filled with gold and frankincense. and I mean just overflowing. 50, 60, 70 people coming. Once we're broke, but because Jesus showed up in a financial mess, now they're blessed beyond measure. Who am I preaching to today? Come on, stand with me all over this room today. I've come today to tell somebody here watching this message, there is a miracle in the mess you're in right now, whether it be political, financial, spiritual, or relational. God sent me to tell you to look for the miracle, discover the miracle in that mess. God's going to use the mess you're in, the trial you're in, the struggle you're in for your good. Does anybody believe He can do that today? Hallelujah, I do, I do. Hallelujah. Too many times we're guilty. We get in the mess. I'm guilty. And we start looking around us. God, how am I going to make it? How are we going to do this? And we take our eyes off of Him. I heard this story a long time ago. This little boy was out. He lived on a farm. He went into the barn and he got down on his hands and his knees with his hands. And he started digging through this huge pile of manure. Everybody knows what manure is, right? He's down on his hand. He's just digging. And in the midst of his digging and searching, in comes his dad. And his dad says, Son, what in the world are you doing? And he said, Dad, with all this mess, there's got to be a horse in here somewhere. come to tell you today with all this mess we've got, we've got a mess, I mean, 
There's no, there's no sugar coating it. There's a mess. Every one of us is probably dealing with some kind of mess. And we need God's help today. I do. But in the middle of all that's going on, don't forget, Jesus can show up in the middle of the mess. The miracle can happen in the middle of the mess. He showed up in the middle of a political, spiritual, financial relationship mess, and He was the answer then. He'll be the answer today.